Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ernest, listen up. When people all around the world first started going out protesting this summer, you'd hear it over and over. This time is different. But how? And who are the people trying to make it different? In Gimlet's new podcast, Resistance, host Saeed Tijan Thomas Jr. brings us stories from the front lines of the movement for black lives told by the generation fighting for the change. It's a show about people refusing to accept things as they are and how we can make sure this time really is different. Resistance is out now. Follow and listen for free on Spotify. All right, guys. So a lot of people ask us, how do they make a podcast? So I'm going to let you know on a secret. On the easiest, most productive way to start a podcast and get it up and running, and that is the app called Anchor. It's free. They have all kind of cool creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They will distribute your podcast for you to all of the major outlets, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple, easy place. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's do it. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. (laughs) A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop.
talk about some financial tips yeah. for everyday people, right? We're going to try to give a few gems that people can use in their day-to-day life because a lot of times, as you said, we don't know, mm-hmm. and it's an ongoing learning process, right? So one of the things I want to talk about is that we covered credit and the importance yeah. of credit, and I know you have a credit company, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I got a question at DM where somebody says, like, what's the best way to pay off your debt? Like, mm-hmm. I know some people have a process where they pay off the higher interest credit cards first. Some people do the lowest balances first. Yeah. Like, what's your philosophy on that? Yeah, so so I so I like I like the 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 lowest balance philosophy. Um, and so I wrote a book called you know uh, what the FICO twelve the steps FICO. to repairing your credit right. Yeah. Um, and I talk about the, the snowball is what is what it's, what it's called. Um, and but 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 the reason though, right? The reason why the philosophy on taking your lowest balance and paying that off first is important is because you want some small wins, right? It's the mindset. I've seen people who try to say, all right, you know what? Uh, This credit card is charging me the highest interest rate, and so I'm going to pay that one first. And then they're paying the minimums, and they're trying to pay that off, and they wind up looking at their... Uh, credit card balances each month and it looks like nothing is going anywhere. They get discouraged. They wind up doing something else uh, because they don't see any forward motion. Um, The best way to pay down credit card debt is it will always be to take all of your credit card, your credit cards, put them in order from smallest to largest balance. Make sure that you pay off the minimums on all of the cards and, but it's going to start with a, with, with a budget, right? You're going to have to budget a, a certain amount. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to budget $400 each month towards debt. Pay the minimums on all of the cards, and whatever's left over from that $400, you're going to take that money, and you're going to pay off the, lo- the lowest amount completely, right? The following month, you do the same thing. You take the lowest amount, you pay the minimums, and then whatever's left over, you snowball that amount to the next one. You keep doing that until you get this one account that's your biggest account, and now you take that $400 and you tackle it, you keep tackling you keep tackling it, and then eventually you'll realize that you'll be debt-free. Uh, that works because it motivates you, right? If you have a credit card that has $200 on it, and you're, you went from having five cards to four cards, mm-hmm. uh, you see like, oh, wow, I see the result. Mm-hmm. I saw that I that if I stay focused, I you know, I, I cut down this one balance. Then the next month, you know, that card that has $500, it takes you two months to pay that off. Then that's that, those are those small wins. And psychologically, it gives you the, the you know, the, the motivation to keep going. At the, at the same time, when you're, you're chopping them down, you're decreasing the utilization rate, Absolutely. Right? So we're trying to keep that under 30%. Under 30%. So. And, and, and I think what people, people love that 30% number. Yeah. But the fact of the matter too is that so your credit goes three hundred to eight fifty. Anything over seven twenty is excellent credit. Those who have a seven twenty or above actually keep their utilization between ten to fifteen percent, even lower, even lower, right, right? right? Because the the mindset or the way the FICO algorithm works is that it it rewards people who who don't seem as if they need credit. Right. So 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 the so the more. It looks like you need credit. The more they'll lower your score. That, that, that's a fact because actually, I just I haven't checked my credit in a long time. I just checked it, and it was a seven eighty, and um, at fifteen percent yep. utilization rate. Yeah. Exactly that yeah. same number yeah. in seven eighty. So yeah. you, if you think about it, right? If I got a hundred dollar card yep. and I'm paying ninety dollars, right? Right. That seems affordable, right? But if I got a five thousand dollar debt and I'm paying ninety, it don't you don't feel it exactly. It's like, you know what I'm saying? They're gonna take interest on that. Now you really only paid. Fifty dollars, right? It doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. But let right. me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this though. So let's say you have ten credit cards, right? Mm-hmm. You pay off all ten yeah. in full. Now you only start using one on a regular basis. 
you're not using the other nine. Mm -hmm. Does that hurt you? No, it doesn't. So, so yes and no, right? So what happens is this, is that your utilization ratio is an aggregate of all the cards that you have, right? And so if you have, you know, uh, 10 cards, you're not using the other nine, and you're only using the one, um, it's going to help you because that one card is, is, is a small percentage of your total utilization. But what happens is if you're not using the other nine cards and the credit card companies realize that, you know what, this person's not using the card, so I'm going to close this account. Then as they close the account, that hurts, that hurts you yeah. because now 15% of your score is based on your length of credit history. And so one of those cards might have been a card that you had for a long time, which was helping your score. And once that card is closed, it negatively impacts you. Plus, you, you, you lose that utilization, right? Because now that credit limit is no longer available so that your utilization ratio is going to go up once they close those cards, right? right? And so it's, it, it definitely is... Um, Sort of like a game, like if you have that many credit cards, um, a lot of times I like to say if you want, like if credit matters, right? If credit doesn't matter, like if you're not going to buy anything in the, in a the short term, then, you know, I wouldn't put stuff on your credit cards just to keep this number up, right? Mm -hmm. But if credit matters or if you're going to buy something or whatever the case may be and you need credit, I would say... You know, use your credit some some credit cards for things that you would have paid cash for anyway, right? And so, if let's say for instance, uh, you use cash to buy gas, right? Use a credit card, and that money that you would have you know paid or or that money you would have used to buy the gas, pay off the card with that. So that way, there's at least some activity on it, so the credit card companies don't close it. Let me ask you this also. Let's say you get because they got all kind of credit cards now. They got cards for like medical purposes, mm -hmm. right? So let's say you have a low utilization rate, but you get one card for a medical purpose and you, you, you max that card out. Yeah. But your other utilization is good, but you max that one card out. Mm -hmm. That hurts you? It doesn't because it's the aggregate, yeah. right? Okay, okay. And so if you, let's say you had 10 cards with $1,000, right? And you max out one card at $1,000, your your utilization is still only 10%, right? right? Because your total available limit is 10,000 when you look at all the cards. And so that's what I was saying where- When you close it, it, it Yeah, goes, when you close it, it, it can hurt you. Because if, if now, if you max at a, at a, at $1,000 and let's say the nine cards say, you know what, he ain't using these cards, so let me close these out. Now your utilization go from 10% to 100% and that's going to immediately, you know, dive your, dive yeah, your credit that, score. That's a smart strategy though, right? If you have 10 cards, maybe you have 10 different purposes. So if it's sure. the supermarket or if it's gas sure. or if it's, you know, electronics or something like that, like you have a purpose for each one. For not sure. just like I'm randomly, all right, that one's max, let me go to the next, you know what I'm saying? Make a purpose for each card. Yeah, because 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 cre credit card debt is the worst type of debt that you could possibly have, right? Like credit card debt, you're paying more than what it's worth. So and student loan. Yeah, and student loans. I mean, <laughs> but but even but even with student loans, you know, you know, uh, at least with student loans, you get a degree. You know, you're able to like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not a, you know, because I I didn't get a degree till later on in life. So I'm, you know, I could go either way with student loans. Yeah, me too. Man. But credit cards are like. Is is there's no reason why you should be paying credit card debt? You know what I'm saying? All right, that's good information. Very good information. So let's go um, retirement plan. Yes. Right. People, that's another question I got in the DM. Um, okay. So 401k. Yep. IRA, Roth IRA. Can we start with the 401k? Why is it a good idea for people to put money into a 401k? Man, so the 401k is is, is like free money. So so first of all, is this right? Is that when you think about your um, the money that you pay to the IRS? 
when you put money into a retirement account, it lowers you, you know, what you have to pay to them because uh, part of that money is na- is now tax is not tax deductible, right? Or you you don't pay taxes on that money, right? And so putting your money in a four hundred one k allows you to say, you know what, uh, in the future I'll have this money to retire off, but I don't have to pay taxes on it right now, right? But also, a lot of employers will match your 401k. So they might they might match you up to 4%, which means that if, or 4%, 6%, 4% has been sort of like the industry norm that I've heard. And so if a job says, if you, they want to encourage you to save for retirement. So they say, if you put, whatever you put in, we're going we're gonna to match it up to 4%, which means that 4% is free money. And as long as you're vested, they they might they might have a stipulation. All right, you have to be with a with our company five years or whatever the case may be. You keep that money, and so not investing in a four hundred one k, you're actually losing money, free money that the employer would have given you. And so uh, you know, so that's one reason. But then when you think about a retirement just as a whole, Social Security might not be here for us. Right. And so by the time you know we become of age and it's time to retire. There's going to be a certain number that you're going to need each month to live off of, and you're going to want to have an account that will be able to supply some of that that income so that you you don't have to be 60, 70 working at Walmart. So in, in the terms of people who come from the education field, obviously, I mean, I speak to teachers all the time. Mm-hmm. And yes, they educate our children, but they have no idea about finance. Sure. So we don't have a 401k, we have a 403b. Yeah. Same thing? Same, same exact thing, right? Because the importance of that, especially, you know, someone that works in the education field is that you want to make sure that you're not going to be able to teach forever. And then when, when it's time for you to, 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 to leave that, you know, that institution, you want to be able to have money coming in. You want to diversify your income. And so putting, putting that money out up front is going to allow it to, to grow. And if you find right, so so you know a lot of people are like weary, you know, especially when you think about the the Bernie Madoffs and what happened in the you know the Great Recession two thousand eight two thousand nine. People are like leery of you know putting their money in the markets, but if you remove that isolated incident out, mm-hmm. on, on average, you know you know uh, when you look at the stock market, markets are you know it, it, it's always positive, right? And so just kind of. Uh, keep an eye out on where your money's being invested, but that money is also going to, it's not like the money that you put in, it's just not going to stay at the amount that you put in. Mm-hmm. You're actually going to earn interest on that and that money's going to grow through compound interest. So that way, you know, what you start off with is going to give you a nice little cushion for, you know, for you when you retire. Yeah. Gotcha. And also the, the Roth is another great way to yeah, save Yeah, I love the well. Roth. Yeah, yeah. That's the way where you, you, you don't pay, t- you, you don't save money on taxes today, but it's tax-free later on. Absolutely. Right? And, 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 and honestly, I like that better, right? Because what happens is this, um, you know, tax deductible means that, you know, uh, I can deduct this amount. If I put, if I put $10,000 or let's say I put $5,000 towards my retirement, uh, and I made $45,000, then I'm only, I could deduct that 5,000 off my taxes. I'm paying 40,000 in taxes, but then now that 5,000 that I put, when it grows to a hundred thousand, when I retire, you know, I now need to pay taxes as I would withdraw that money. Right. And so, and so it's, it's, you know, it's tax deductible, but you pay taxes later. And the th- whole thought process is that when I get older, I'll have lower, a lower tax burden. And so that, so that, that works that way. But with the Roth, I love the Roth because it's not tax deductible, but it's tax-free distribution, right? Which means, all right, great. 
I put five thousand dollars into this into this Roth IRA this year. I made forty five thousand dollars. I'm gonna pay forty five thousand in taxes, right? But now that five thousand, when it grows to a hundred thousand, and, and, and I could withdraw it tax free. I never have to owe the IRS anything on that money on that on that growth of that money. Um, it's you know I love that, especially for young people. Maybe if you're a little older, um, you know it, it may not necessarily be the right thing to do. But the reason why I love it for young people is because you know right now, as 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 a young person who has more you know uh, more earning ability, you could take you know bigger risk. Mm -hmm. And if you take that money that's in a Roth and you put it into something that is giving you a great rate of return, turn all of that growth you don't have to pay taxes on yes yeah somebody said one time they said um if if you if you did if you were never told the information you can't be held responsible mm -hmm. if you were told the information and just chose not to do anything with that's on you absolutely right? i agree so you can never say you weren't told the yes. information, people. Yes, application is up to you. <laughs> right, yeah, the application part right. is up to you. We try and give you as much information as we can give you, but ultimately, you have to apply it. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop.